Hey, video game fans, it is the Dead Eye Night, and before we get going on this week's episode of the GameZilla podcast, I gotta remind you, if you're a video game player in Southeast Michigan, you need to sign up for the Morelli Video Gaming Tournament Saturday, March 16th. It's just $10 to enter. It's gonna be a great time. All the details are available at GameZillaMedia.com. It's the Morelli Video Gaming Tournament Saturday, March 16th in Southeast Michigan, specifically the great city of Westland. All right, let's roll the show. GameZillaMedia.com Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Diamond Nine, GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studio, producer, Deadite Knight. Ooh, yeah, bringing back the macho man thing that Chops used to do. (laughs) Okay, all right, I like it. (laughs) Welcome to episode 249 of the GameZilla Podcast, brought to you by... Our supporters on Patreon, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. That's where you can go to contribute financially to the success and growth of GameZillaMedia.com and the GameZilla Podcast. Uh, contributions starting at just $1, but there's you know exclusive access and a lot of great things at the $5 tier. That's where you want to be, the $5 tier, getting you exclusive access to... That's uh, a sweet spot. That's a sweet, ooh, too sweet spot. It's like it's like eating Starburst, Skittles, and Fruit Loops all at the same time. It sounds it's per- the sweetest. Sounds perfect. The sweetest. Me, so uh, go over to Diabetes. Game, go to GameZilla Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Start your patronage today and help us keep Z- GameZilla going. All right. On this episode, we're going to be talking about Pokemon. We're going to be talking about Anthem. We got, of course, our Patreon news topic of the week that our patrons voted on and. PlayStation's got some news. Is it is it positive? I, I don't know. They've been on a roll. So we're going to talk about it. Let's get into some news right now. Ooh, don't mind if I do the news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Downloading all right, topic number one is not my thing. It is the biggest news of the week, but I'm not going to talk too much about it. I'm going to let Deadite take it away. What do we got? Ooh, I am very excited to talk about this one with everybody. We had the big announcement. We had a Nintendo Direct happen last week to talk about the release of Wonderful 102. Actually, it's about a Switch port of Minor 2049er. <laughs> No, but for real. The brand new Pokemon games that we were told about last year when Pokemon Let's Go, uh, you know, they were sort of teased and hinted last year. We got the official confirmation they are coming out in 2019, and their titles are Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Yeah, I liked the names. I really liked the names of this. Um, I thought... I, you know, I didn't catch the uh, direct right when it came out, but everything that I've read up on, uh, I'm a big fan. 
Yeah, so, it, you know, I was pretty geeked up about it because... So I played a good bit of Pokemon Let's Go. I haven't finished the campaign yet. And I, I just... I like the depth of the Pokemon series. When you look at Pokemon at a baseline, you don't necessarily think to yourself it's a super deep and complex RPG. When you get into, like, the meta and the competitive battling scene, it, it actually is a very complex game. And that's one of the things I actually really enjoyed about the series. And there's one thing that, like, Let's Go was fun. It was a nice holdover, but it didn't give me the the depth uh, that I like out of, you know, the core Pokemon series. So this was something I was sort of foaming at the mouth to have. And as soon as they, you know, dropped that, hey, here's the, the next core Pokemon game, I got really excited. Now, right away... They give you a, a look at the game. They show you actual in-game footage. And my thought was, it looks good. It doesn't look great. Um, Uh-oh, and you're the Pokemon fan. Yeah, I, yeah, I love Pokemon, and it there, there were some things stylistically that are definitely an improvement on what they brought us in Let's Go. And I think when Let's Go came out, we all knew that this is probably about the same visuals and the engine that we're going to get for whatever the mainline Pokemon game released in 2019 was set to be like we kind of had an idea there was what you see what you see in this trailer is there there's some areas that there's a nice range of depth there's a like mountains and hills in the background and some stuff that you saw in a few special places in like x and y they did a good job with that but i think you're going to see more scenic views in this game and uh at least the water effects, there's an early shot right away in the trailer where the water looks really nice and really crisp. And that's the sort of things you would expect now in a next generation game. Now, I don't know if that's water you can actually uh, swim in or if that's just background water to look nice. I'd be curious to know if the bodies of water that you're going to navigate will look as nice. But I thought that was like a detail that looked nice. But overall... I wasn't blown away with the with the visuals, and I don't necessarily think that I expected to be. But you know, I guess I was hopeful that maybe it would be a little more stylized and a little more um, intensive. Yeah, I mean, when we're coming off of uh, Pokemon Let's Go, and I know some people didn't like necessarily the watered down game that we got, but I thought visual wise, we kind of got an idea of what we were going to potentially get. I guess you're right in the sense that I was hoping for more, and I feel like we're kind of getting the same um, type of feel as Let's Go. And so, I don't know. I mean, the Switch is capable of doing a lot. We've clearly seen that with Breath of the Wild and, and Mario Odyssey and stuff like that, but Pokemon's never been that game. And for them to go completely, you know, take take 20 steps in, in that direction and just launch themselves, I guess I didn't expect it. Uh, I, I think I was pretty much where we, what we saw is about what I expected mm. with hope that I was wrong, but here we are. Yeah, I don't exactly know. Maybe I just wanted a little more detail out of things. Everything's, you know, and it's not like I want some sort of like ultra high res textures or anything like that. That's not what I want from Pokemon. Pokemon is supposed to be cartoony. It is supposed to be presented in, I mean, essentially what is a game for children? Like a lot of JRPGs, uh, like, you know, even if you look at like a Dragon Warrior uh, or Dragon Quest, or whatever they call those games now. Yeah. Used to be um, Dragon Warrior, now yeah, it's Dragon Quest. Yeah, it was, it was Dragon Warrior like 30 <laughs> years ago. Um, but but what, I'm, what I'm saying is, even those games modernly are still very cartoony. They look really pretty, though, but they're still more cartoon-based. Yeah, Nino Kuni. Yeah, it's, you know, but like, it's not like 
Final Fantasy 15, which is ultra realistic and that sort sure. of thing. So I was actually maybe hoping for more closer to like a Nino Kuni or closer to what they're doing with with Dragon Quest, you know, visually. But again, that that's that's a real like I'm not a huge graphics guy, so it's kind of a weird thing for me to really dive into. But I I, I guess I just want to express that thought of you know we're we're going through what what we saw and what my thoughts and reactions are to this release, and that was one that I was like well I wasn't necessarily wowed by the visuals of it. Where again uh, when they just showed in the last broad Nintendo Direct the Dragon Quest that's coming, I was like wow this game looks really pretty on the Switch. So yeah. I guess like in my mind. There was that little spark that goes, what if the new Pokemon game looked this good? So That's, yeah. it. That's fair. That's I want to say I was just spoiled by another similar styled Switch game in, in hopes that we could see Pokemon look, look that good. Now, we're back to what looks like the classic gameplay when it comes to Pokemon. It's no more motion control, throw the Pokeball, you know, the, the go capture mechanics. It looks like we're back to regular battling and capturing. But I can use my Pokeball controller with it, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I spend money on it. I, I, I would honestly hope so, <laughs> that there's a way to play the game with that, but I really don't know. Uh, they didn't say anything about integration across Let's Go. I mean, yeah. they, I, I, I doubt it, honestly. I'm just being being an ass. I would honestly be surprised if there's not some sort of, even if it's you could take your Pokemon to walk to level up or anything, I would have to think they sold all these mm. balls for Let's Go. You would think there'd be some integration, but I don't know what it would be. But I'd be surprised if it's completely... Uh, separate. I That would be a little bit surprising. It seems like that would be a missed opportunity also for Nintendo to sell more of these Pokeballs. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, you could you could sell more based off of this upcoming game that I think you had a lot of people that held off on Let's Go and didn't want to buy into it waiting for this game. So, you know, um, I guess time will tell and we'll know more once they probably run E3. Yeah. Now, one thing that I think you and I probably would, would both be surprised about, is they're back to you walk through grass and you don't see any more Pokemon, where I actually really like that aspect of Let's Go, that you're walking through and you're seeing these Pokemon running around in the world. Uh, I It just seems a little surprising because that's one thing that I do feel like feels like a step back from what we got in Let's Go, because that was that's an experience that made the world seem really vibrant and alive and full of these creatures. So that is one thing from Let's Go that I would have loved to see in this game that it looks like we're not going to get. But at the same time, I'm that hardcore Pokemon fan that wants things the way they were. So I'm not too upset, but I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm the opposite for you on this one is um, Let's Go. So I had kind of fallen out of out of Pokemon. I was not the the as serious into it as some of, some of the other people in the community. So. When I played Let's Go, it was that re- it was refreshing, and the fact that I could see the Pokemon, and if I wanted to avoid the eight billionth, you know, Rattata, I could. And I just like I, I really like when even random encounter is kind of not random encounter because Nino Kuni actually played that way. The new Dragon Quest actually kind of plays that way, and so when I saw Pokemon going that style with Let's Go, I um, I definitely it encouraged me to play it. And I enjoyed it more. So the fact that we're going away from that, to me, is slightly concerning for myself and people that I don't think are as hardcore into um, real random encounter RPGs. Yeah. Another thing that is back is gym battles. We know that gyms are a thing here in the new Galar region. We'll talk about the region here in a minute. But uh, that was a thing that I really didn't like in Sun and Moon. 
Uh, I didn't like the the Kahuna battles. I didn't like the challenges. I can't remember what they were, what they exactly were called. Were stupid. You, they yeah, were stupid. You had to challenge the the like island. Uh, you know, like each Le- area had yeah. had like battles with souped up wild Pokemon, and I just it just wasn't very fun. I liked I liked overcoming the themed gym. I liked the quirky and uniqueness of not only the gym leader but the goons that you have in the gym. And especially in Let's Go, you sh- they showed off wonderful redesigns of the classic gyms to make it feel immersive and special. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't like wandering into these caves and having to fight a super radicate and things like that, opposed to a gym leader. And then you had your occasional, you had your four like island kahunas. I, I didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to see the gym battles back. I'm very happy the gyms are back. I, obviously, playing Let's Go, you had gyms, and so the like. I was not a fan of Sun or Moon either. Uh, even tried Ultra Sun or Moon because I was told it, that they that they improved upon it, but just not a Sun and Moon fan. Didn't, and I didn't like the the lack of of gyms. I get it, the idea of trying to be different um, because of the region and and, and everything, but um, bring back what what people love. And it, it was a cool thing that they, you know, established you being the first Pokemon cha- uh, champion for the Alolan region and establishing the Pokemon League. It was a different story. And altogether, it, you know, it's it's probably the most unique of the entire series of Pokemon games. But I, I didn't like Sun and Moon. And, I, you know, that, that's a whole other conversation for another time of the things I didn't like about it. I still played it. I still had enough fun, but it, it was not the experience I wanted. Now... I didn't like hopping from island to island. It felt like that game was compartmentalized yeah. way too much. And, uh, well, we don't have a multi-island region here with the Galar region. Uh, it is a very long vertical island. And what people were saying online, based on the scenes that they show us and the design of the island and where things are, people believe that this is based off the United Kingdom, or maybe specifically England. There's one city where there's a giant what looks like Big Ben and the cities look kind of like old timey London and things like that. Okay. And and to me, I'm like, okay, all that seems like that makes sense of why, you know, that's where this region would be laid out. You see like the rolling hills of the England countryside and some of the shots in the trailer. So who knows if that's, you know, true because we know that the uh, Kalos region was supposed to be France and we know that the Unova region was supposed to be United States and we know which regions were different areas in Japan. So it kind of makes sense that hitting in areas that Pokemon is a popular game, Pokemon's popular in Europe, so why not do another European city yeah. uh, or European region? So UK or England, it looks like that's where the Galar region is going to be. Hey, it's not islands. I'm okay with it. Absolutely. Uh, so, and then to close out this this trailer, you know, they, they showed us some gameplay and, you know, people walking around and the battles, and uh, they didn't show off any new Pokemon until they gave us a not actual gameplay footage trailer, you know, animated trailer of what are going to be our three starter Pokemon. And I feel like from what I I saw from other people online, people in our Discord community and people I talked to, no one's really excited about these starters where, (laughs) you know, there were times you'd see the starters be like, oh, yeah, these look cool. Um, no, no one's really losing their minds about this one. Even the last generation, you know, we're like, oh, this little fire cat looks kind of cool. Yeah, the owl. You know, Poplio looks stupid, but this little grass owl, that's going to be it. And I, you know, only one of these starters looks interesting to me. So I'll start with the one that I think is interesting. His name is, is Grookey. I think that's how you pronounce it. Grookey. He's a little, uh, grass monkey. Yeah. He's the only one. 
I care about. Looks- so I'm sorry to anybody else that disagrees with me. He's the only one. I want a Grookey yeah. plush on my shelf of plush Pokemon. Like, yeah. I already really like that Pokemon. But I always pick for my first time through a Pokemon game, I always start with the Firestarter. And we have Score Bunny, which is a little fire rabbit. Not necessarily a bad Pokemon, but at the same time, it's not, I don't know, is it going to be, is it going to end up being like, uh, Torchic and turn into Blaziken. I just hate Blaziken. So, I mean, is, is the evolution line of this going to be lame? Because I feel so spoiled because I didn't like Sun and Moon, but Litten grew up into be a professional wrestling cat, and Incineroar is now my favorite fire-type Pokemon. So I w- felt spoiled last generation. Yeah, I feel like... I mean, last generation was good because Rowlet was someone that Rowlet I, was sweet I, too. I loved, and and as you as it evolves, it turned into a really cool looking Pokemon. Um, but my, I mean, I look at these starters, and I kind of feel like this is one of those like you think of the generations of Pokemon, and there's those there's the few that are just misses. Like there 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 might be the one, and hopefully we're right with with Grookey, but these feel kind of weak. They just feel kind of <laughs> lame. They feel yeah. real lame to me. Yeah, and so to me, I'm like, I mean, we haven't seen the evolutions, right? Yeah. We don't know what they're going to, like, who knows? Second, third evolution, they could turn into something really cool. But what we know right now, I'm kind of like, ugh. I just, it's just not, because even even Grookey, who is is going to be my choice, too, um, I mean, when you compare it to Rowlet, it doesn't. He doesn't stand a chance for oh, me. For me personally, man. you really like owls. I do like owls, but I just feel like even the artwork of these guys kind of feel just kind of like, eh. They're just kind of they seem kind of plain. Now, now we didn't talk about the water starter. Which we don't have to. We don't have to. <laughs> his, his name is, is Sobble. Yep, that's and, that's enough. That's enough. And this, I mean. This is the at least the third starter in a row, but from water that's been pretty weak. Like Greninja ended up being cool, but Faroki was lame. Frogadier was lame. Uh, you know, Paplio and Primarino were real lame. Yeah. And the Sobble, he's a little. Uh, he kind of looks like a salamander type thing. He's like a chameleon or something. He's a, he's a little lizard. He's, he's some sort he's of amphibious dumb. lizard. Uh, water. Uh, you know, they describe him as being very timid and attacking from. You know, just popping his head out of the water. I, I don't know. I have to imagine that this little timid guy becomes a freak. Like, yeah. I have to imagine we're looking at similar to like a Swampert. Yeah. You know, uh, Mudkip, you know, became Swampert. And Swampert was pretty cool. So, you know, I could see that, you know, that Pokemon really evolving into something cool. Um, but I don't know. In general, I found the starters underwhelming. Yeah, I agree with you. They were they're they're underwhelming. I'm hoping when the uh, when the evolution information gets comes out that we can change our tune a bit. But right now, I'm just like, I mean, I'll go I'll go with uh, Grokey with the hope that he turns it. You know, he just evolves into something. Uh, you know, like maybe um, like an ape or something, something like big. Because uh, I think of I think of, when I think of the the green minus uh, Rowlet, there's been some. What was the um, turtle? Uh, Torterra. Yeah. Torterra is probably my favorite yeah. grass Pokemon. I love Torterra. Yeah. So I just I I feel like grass from from time to time gets those you know all the way back to Gen One with Ivy uh, with sorry uh, Bulbasaur. Mm-hmm. Um, you get those big just massive um, beasts. Yeah, I'm trying to think like we had Tre- Trico evolved yeah. into you know uh, you know like that was kind of a lame and lean. Yeah, uh, grass yeah. starter, but a lot of times they do end up being, you know, like Chespin was big and bulky, yeah. and uh, so you know, 
it'll be interesting to see which way. I don't see that little monkey like just being like some sort of lean, wormy looking like monkey. Like I, I see, right? Uh, I see Grookey gl- growing up to be a dope ape. You know, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. You know, just exactly. big, strong uh, gorilla or something. So, you know, again, th- these are the first three Pokemon they sh- they've shown off. That's the tradition of how Pokemon go. They've released a new generation. Uh, in, in there have been times in the past where maybe they've leaked or used uh, promotionally uh, an event or a legendary Pokemon prior, but we didn't get any of that this time around. It was just straight into showing us the three starters, and, you know, we saw a few classic Pokemon that we already know. We saw... Um, in the trailer, but this this was the first you know the first three of this is what the eighth generation officially so so that's that I mean if you if you look up the Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, trailer online you'll be able to to see what we're talking about and get your own opinions I'd love to talk to you in the Nintendo chat in the Gamezilla Media Discord about what you think about it uh, oh and also Sword and Shield to me also plays into the the UK sort of thing, like sort oh, of shit. Like, you know, yeah. there's a lot of history, medieval history yeah. in uh, England. So that also played into that, my last note. But yeah, get in the Discord. I'd love to talk to you more about what you thought about uh, the Galar region and uh, what we're going to see out of the next generation of Pokemon. All right. Topic number two. We are going to move into our anthem update. I know a lot of people have been waiting for this because uh, last week we came out and we were talking very highly of, uh, well, not very highly. We were talking about how there was a lot of people talking down about this game and that we thought it was before the patchwork. A lot of this stuff came out because EA and Bioware launched this game Um in a weird way, where like several weeks you could play this game on PC before, and then on Xbox if you had EA access, and then and then finally it came out. And so a lot of these reviews happened before the seventy-two gigs of of day one and day two patchwork came I out. I don't know how you have seventy-two gigs of patchwork on day one. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, but here we are, and we're going to talk about an anthem update. And I'm going to start right out the gate and say I was wrong. Okay, and I didn't know better because I hadn't been able to play, even though I had put 30 plus hours into the game, I clearly hadn't played enough to hit what some of these people are complaining about, which again, was not fixed in the patchwork. So we're going to talk about issues. We're going to talk about bugs, basically bugs in the game, glitches, whatever you want to call them. They exist And we're not talking about like, oh, an item went missing or, oh, my character's head isn't loading properly because I've seen all of those as well. And those are annoying, but they're not as bad as what I experienced. We're talking bugs that break the story, the main story of the video game, where you cannot progress the story of the video game let alone the crashes that are still happening to the point where it is crashing people's systems on the PlayStation and Xbox. So you don't just crash out of the game. Your whole system crashes, which is very bad for your video game system. So here's what happened to me. You know what game didn't do that? Battleborn. (laughs) At this point, Battleborn was a a cleaner ship than Anthem was at launch. Wait, would you say cleaner shit? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> there we go. I, I gave you your opportunity. So 
All right, so I've been running this entire campaign with friends. Uh, we started day one, and we've been going through the story. We've pushed ourselves to a pretty a pretty big part. I'm not going to give sto- like uh, spoilers away, but the um, we're pushing towards in game, okay? And we got to this point where we had to go back to a place that we had already been. So we and and we instantly knew all this going to kind of be crummy because it took us a good 10 minutes to fly there it was like on the other side of the map so we had to fly all the way there we get there and we run we run into the the door cutscene okay lengthy cutscene that you cannot skip just so you know i hate lengthy (laughs) cutscenes lengthy cutscene that you cannot skip now mind you the first time you watch it it's a really good cutscene and you want to watch it but we watched it several times because you can't skip it so when when the, when the uh, on the first time when we got through the trailer, you have to then kind of like escape the area and you fight your way out of this location where you get to the very end and you are not allowed to fly. You there's they have some sort of device that is disabling your your ability of flight. So we're fighting these waves and waves of enemies. There's two spawn like points. We're just dropping enemies in. And like 15 minutes go by and I'm like, I have never been in a fight in this entire game that's been 15 minutes of just ads dropping in over and over again. This is weird. And then I started to realize that these ads aren't getting more difficult, which is generally as you defeat the easy guys, the elites drop in and the legendaries drop in and then the boss drops in and then you're done, right? That's the progression of every mission in this game. Very repetitive. That's what you get with a loot shooter. But it was the same thing over and over again. Did One, you say poop shooter? Poop shooter. So the issues is we gli- there's a glitch in this part of the game that causes infinite respawns of the enemy. Now that doesn't sound like a bad deal. That's right, great. Right, you're gonna get a ton of XP. Right, it's great. That's that's replayability. And then you're like, well, fine. If they're not gonna stop, we'll just run outside where we're supposed to go. And you run like 10 feet and it goes, uh, 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 and basically spawns you back into the area that you were stuck in, not fixing the glitch. We all wiped. We all, we all, so what a wipe is, your whole team dies, right? So it causes a full re- reload at your last checkpoint. Didn't fix the glitch. Go hop on Google because we're all sitting there like, I don't know what to do, guys. And sure enough, it's all over Google saying, Oh, yeah, you just have to completely abandon the mission, go back to the city, and do it all over from scratch. So we did that. Replayability, man. We're right. We did that. Bonus mission. We fly back. We sit through the cutscene again. We run and find our way to that same room, and it glitches again. And that's when I was like, yup, I'm done. I'm done right now. I cannot try to do—I'm not going to spend— the 10 minute flight, the 15 to 20 minute cutscene. I'm not 15, 20 is generous. The 10 minute cut, so 20 minutes, let's say, and then five minutes to get back to that room. So 25 minute investment every time I try to do this to have it glitch again because people are like, I got it on the fifth try. I got it on the sixth try. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right. Because that is the issue is that it's not a game breaking glitch where you can't get past it. You just have to get lucky that it loads right. Yeah. Game as a service here, people. You just have to get lucky and hope. So we haven't got past it yet. We quit that night. Went and did our own. Everybody went on their own ways and, and did their own thing. But 
we I'm sitting here going and and now that I've told this story to several people, but your reaction to it that it was perfect. How does this get? How does this happen? How do, how do you get to launch with a with a bug that is literally game breaking? I cannot progress the story. Do they, they have one person play test? Right, right. And and here's the worst part of it. I've done all the side missions and stuff, so I can't push the story, which then opens up more contracts and quests for me. So I literally have the option of trying that again, going and playing like a stronghold, which is I've already played the one that I have, or just going and play free play, which I've done plenty of. So I have to beat this mission in order to unlock more quest lines for from all these other NPCs. It is super frustrating, and no wonder people are up in arms over this. And that leads me to the, these fun facts about uh, this Anthem update. Refunds are now being issued by Sony if you bought this on PlayStation. That's right. You can now, if you bought it digitally on PlayStation, you can now contact Sony and they and and tell them that you're having game crashes and that it's a broken game and you are now worried about the the health of your system, which is fair because hard shutdown of any type of system like this is not good for the system. So, you know, people are calling basically saying, I'm worried this game's gonna brick my system. I'd like a refund. And Sony is starting to issue them. Some people are reporting that they're not getting the same results that others are, but many people are saying they got their money back. So it's something to see as BioWare hasn't been able to fix this quick enough, and now Sony's issuing refunds. Does Microsoft follow suit? What does EA do on the PC side? What's going to happen to these retailers or people that bought it physical? We'll see. BioWare really, really needs to address this like yesterday. So... Um, I'm very glad I didn't buy this video game. <laughs> yeah, I here. And so here's the thing, guys. I would have, ne- but I would have never made it that far in the yeah, game. Yeah, that's true. You, you've been happy. You've been thrilled. I would have been. I would have been like level three, just killing things three weeks into the game. But the bad news that I didn't tell you, and this, this is my next part, is that just because you didn't get, you wouldn't have got this far, doesn't mean you wouldn't have ran into a bug. Oh. Because we have friends like Invalid that are playing this on the PlayStation. I'm playing on the Xbox. So just to let people know, it's not all directed at one system, everybody's having problems with this game. So, on the PlayStation, way before, uh, on earlier missions than, than where I'm at, and, and Invalid is running into the same problems of infinite respawns, glitches. He had one, I kid you not, he told me today, where they were fighting, and they just, they're like, man, we've been fighting for a long time, and finally something happened where their team went down, they all died. So they're like, oh my god, we have to do that all over again? The game loaded into the cutscene, like they achieved something. <laughs> they died, and it just pulled them into a cutscene. It pulled them in. It, it progressed the story because they sat there in an infinite loop, and then when they all died, it was like, I don't know. Basically, just it caused it to break, and there you go. You're you're through. Here's your cutscene. So, <laughs> so what you're telling me is Mass Effect Andromeda was not a fluke how rough that game's launch was yeah so you're 100% right the um unfortunately mass effect andromeda lost its uh its tr- one trophy that it earned it's one award it is no longer the lowest rated bioware game anthem is 
That's right. Anthem is the lowest rated Bioware game ever. And this is not looking good when Deadite brought it up. Your last game was Mass Effect Andromeda. And I know there are different groups. You had, what, Bioware Edmonton and, and, and Verse Core Bioware. It's still Bioware. And when people look at you, you are Bioware. This is bad. This is two in a row now. This is like, you have to save Anthem. Because bottom line is, I like Anthem. I like the gameplay. I like flying around in my mech. I like how the guns shoot. The story has me hooked, which is why I'm so irritated because I want to know what's going to happen. So you have pieces here that I, they're good. You just have dumb, like, this is stupid. It's not, it's not Battleborn where the game's just horrible. Like, it's, it's, hey. not, it's not fun. The multiplayer's <laughs> terrible. Everything feels like you're underwater. You might as well call this Brink 2. No. You, you actually have a good game here in core, but you have these just big issues with, with glitches and bugs that are just, that are literally crippling your game. And so, I mean, we would have, like, Saturday night was when we ran into this. We would have played Anthem until we were up till four in the morning playing video games. You could expect we would have been up until we beat that story. That was how, our, do, you, how do you do that? It's hard nowadays. Do, do it's still co- hard. Do you do cocaine? No, Tell no, me, be no, honest. No, no be cocaine. Honest. No. Because the only way I can stay up till 4 a.m. gaming nowadays is to do <laughs> It was the first cocaine. time I'd done it in a long time. And cocaine? Be, uh, no, staying up <laughs> and playing video games. <laughs> and it'll be the last time that I uh, do it for a while. But anyways, <laughs> I, we, instead we played Apex all night. You know, Apex Legends. And so, I mean, like, it would have been Anthem. We would have beat the story. We would have got to in-game and started to explore in-game, which people have... Tons of problems with in-game already because some people have, have gotten lucky and gotten through these glitches to get to in-game where they are the uh, in-game loot system is so broken and so messy that Ant- that Bioware has already come out and said we're going to change it and fix it. Is it more or less broken, do you think, than the Division endgame loot system was? So it's similar issues At to Division time. and to, say, let's think of Destiny 1, like pre-Taken King. It's very similar to that where it's like you're getting these, these master work drops, these legendary big drops, and the rolls on them are so bad that you're just sitting there going back and trying to get the same drop with a better roll because the stuff that's dropping is, helps you zero. And so, they're, again, Bioware's already come out and said, we're going to revamp it, we're going to fix it, we're going to make it better. But these are things that, like, you had multiple betas. You had test play. You had play people play it at E3. You have your internal team that tests this. How do these decisions, how do these messes not get taken care of well before launch? To be fair... Bungie had three years and two games. <laughs> you're you're right. not you're not wrong. And when you think of when you think of games as a service and you think about loot shooters, you can't really find someone that has a perfect track record. The problem is is that you can't come right out the gate like day one with crippling story glitches and, and infinite respawns and then a poor in-game loot system. Like you, you you just can't do it. I mean, Destiny came out, and yeah, the story was like a mess. And um, But you know what? When you landed and you had a gun in your hand and you ran around, it felt 
perfect. You, it played. Like, I, yeah. w- I would be really upset if I couldn't play the story content of a game that's supposed to be story-driven right. because PvP isn't a thing that even exists in the game right now. Correct. So, you know, I because I, I haven't played Anthem, I can only think that if, if I hopped into Destiny 2 and I made it to the 85% way through the game and then all of a sudden I just couldn't progress because of glitches, I would be super upset as well. Yeah, I and the you know unfortunately I don't know how quick BioWare can address this. So I think they're they're in trouble. I know BioWare is not gonna you know they're not gonna ba- bail on Anthem. They can't afford to, and EA has come out and said they're not closing BioWare. They're, that BioWare will exist. You know, so for anybody that's like worried about say the new Dragon Age or something like that that's coming out uh, that they're working on, like EA has said they're not going anywhere, and and I mean that makes sense. But to have Mass Effect Andromeda to have and then follow it up with Anthem like this and Anthem be this thing that you've pushed for years now and one of the most anticipated games for me personally and many others to have this piss poor of a launch. I mean, I mean, we're talking was Fallout 76 really much worse than this? Because I could play Fallout 76. I could actually go and run missions in Fallout 76. I'm having a hell of a time right now in Anthem doing anything that I actually want to do. So, we'll see how this goes. We will keep you updated. Obviously, we are um, heavily invested into Anthem. So, we'll keep you updated as patchwork comes through and hopefully Bioware turns this around. But right now, it's not looking great. And unfortunately, uh, with the story being crippled by, uh, by issues, I don't know if I can, or I don't know, I can't recommend that you purchase Anthem right now. I would wait. It's already on sale on, a- on Amazon. The game is already on sale. How low? Uh, I'm not actually sure. I just saw, I just saw uh, the headlines. Oh, no, it's like $10 off. Is it? Okay. It, it, it's yeah. uh, 12 Maybe it was the $48 price. Yeah, so it's it like, would be that 20% off like if you would have, you know, back Club. when Gamers Club and stuff existed. Yeah. I still I got Gamers it. Club! Because I saw that and I was like, oh, how low? Like, is am I pulling the trigger on this? And I looked at it I was like, no, no, no. No, not for forty dollars. <laughs> not when Spider Man's down to between thirty five and forty. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, no comparison. So, again, hopefully they, uh, hopefully they pull it, pull it together. But right now, um, Anthem is kind of a mess, and that's unfortunate. It's it's still a game that I really, really care about. So I'm I'm holding on, I'm holding on, giving them some time, like I gave Bungie some time to prove me wrong. All right, topic number three. Patreon news topic of the week. If you're a patron, you go, you vote every week. If you're not, then you need to go to patreon.com slash Media. If you become a patron, you can actually influence this podcast every week. We put up a poll, uh, a poll right there on Patreon, and then you get to pick a topic. That topic that wins... That's what we talk about this week. Now, now, before that, oh, oh, just th- just think, you can go to a polling booth every November. Yeah, and your, your vote means nothing. The government's already <laughs> predetermined. Whoa, the government is whoa. The government is as planned out as an episode of Monday Night Raw. All right, <laughs> but here, your vote counts for something here at Gamezilla. <laughs> 
Your patronage and your vote means something to us. So we it's went from real. politics to Monday Night Raw back to Patreon, okay? That's, I'm a loose yeah, cannon. Yeah, that's the type of content you get inside of Patreon. That's that <laughs> behind-the-scenes custom content coming right from Deadite there. But yeah, one of the things that you get is the ability to vote on a topic. Today's topic from the patrons, Horizon Zero Dawn is celebrating its two-year anniversary. So 2017, this game came out, and this would have been, back then, this was the game I couldn't wait for. You know, I love Guerrilla Games. I've been a Killzone fan, and when they showed this off, it was so different than anything they'd done, but it was right up my alley, and I couldn't wait. And this would be an example of taking a new IP and launching it properly, Bioware. You might want to pay attention to this news topic. What, so if, here, what if the story missions in that just didn't work? In Horizon Zero Dawn? Yeah, what if they just didn't Then work? that game would be, you couldn't do anything else. So yeah, you'd be really screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn is celebrating its two-year anniversary. And with that, they announced that it has sold over 10 million copies. Well over 10 million copies. Didn't give us an exact number, just said well over 10 million. Um, just to give you an example, year one anniversary, was uh, they were at 7.6 million. So that second year, they still tacked on quite a few copies of this game. That means it did really well at that like $30 price yeah. point. It sat around for a lot of 2018. And there was even points where like the whole game was like $12. Like, they ran some yeah. really nice sales, and it's cool the interest of this game really has, has held on. Yeah, it, it has. So uh, to give you an example of this, the, uh, the game currently is outselling God of War. Spider-Man, and Uncharted 4. Now, God of War and Spider-Man came out in 2018. They haven't had the two-year window um, that that Horizon Zero Dawn does. When they do, I would expect that that Horizon Zero Dawn might not be in first place, but I, I can't, at the same time, I don't know. You know, it's possible that this that Horizon Zero Dawn really has become one of the premium exclusives for Sony. Now, you brought up a fact that I don't see here in the notes that, plays into how well it's sold. I know we're not exactly comparing apples to apples here, but it has outsold Breath of the Wild, which it's, released around the same time. Yeah, so, I mean, they put it, they don't they don't compare numbers directly, but they put it as far as saying it's right there with Breath of the Wild. Yeah, so, which is one of the most celebrated games of the generation. Yeah. And, you know, it just, I love Breath of the Wild. I didn't play Horizon, I know you did. And to me, it seems like, Everyone's always talking about how great Breath of the Wild is, but you got to consider that just about as many people have played Horizon, and that's a big accomplishment yeah. as it being a new intellectual property. 10 million copies, and some people be like, wow, that doesn't seem like a lot, but for an exclusive game, that's very successful. Um, so An exclusive story-driven game. Yeah. This isn't a shooter that just no. appeals to every bro with some thumbsticks. Man, like, why they got to be bros? Because, because let's talk Come on, Brad. Fortnite. <laughs> Easy Chad. Talk, <laughs> hashtag talk boys. Talk boys. Uh, <laughs> little, little too behind the scenes there, all right, for everybody. Uh, they can uh, ask in the Discord. But, you know, a story-driven game like, like Horizon Zero Dawn doesn't have the popularity it had 15 years ago in, like, the PS2 era. You know, yeah. it, it, we're in an era, era dominated by, like, sports games and shooters still do really big numbers. Right. And so to see a story-driven game... On the PlayStation, just exclusive to the PlayStation, do that well is a really nice accomplishment. Yeah, I think it. I think it though goes to you. Really have to be proud of if you're Gorilla Games because to sit there and say 10 million plus and look at Breath of the Wild in that same realm, and Breath of the Wild being looked at as one of the best Nintendo games ever released, 
can you sit there now and say we're one of the best PlayStation games ever released? I think you can. I think you can. You can. You can tip your hat to that. And it will be interesting when God of War and Spider Man and Uncharted Four do hit that two year mark, and maybe and don't pass Horizon Zero Dawn, and we've actually witnessed a new IP come out from a company that. I mean, let's be honest. If you were a Killzone fan, that's great, but it was never a great game. Okay, like it wasn't the Halo killer that it set out to be. It wasn't anything super special in the sense of an exclusive like The Last of Us or God of War franchise. Instead, Horizon Zero Dawn comes out and and does blow expectations out of the water. So it's it's a really, really impressive. I'm very happy for them. Uh, it also I'm very excited because that means Horizon Zero Dawn's not done. We're going to see more of this franchise. And I can't wait. But um, cool. I have a question for you. And, yeah. and if if you don't know this off the top of your head, that's okay. Uh, no, th- I didn't do cocaine. Oh, my God. I'm going to keep asking. <laughs> I'm going to get to the truth here. You're being interrogated. Horizon Zero Dawn came out before Assassin's Creed Origins, right? Origins. Uh, when did see, Origins? Odyssey was, yeah. I don't know if I could say it came up before. It would have been February of 2017. So Origins might have come out after. Because because in my in my mind, Horizon Zero Dawn in a, in a lot of ways sort of filled the space that you would have had from Origins. I'm going to look up the date as you move yeah. on to the next point about this game. But that also could have been part of its success where if it were released now in between, we've seen the return of like that big adventure game on the PlayStation and, and it is also an Xbox platform. But I think maybe, you know, fans were really hungry for Horizon Zero Dawn at the time because it didn't seem like there were a lot of big adventures like that, you know, in that year. Yeah, I mean, you would have had The Witcher three. Yeah, around but that would have been twenty sixteen, right? Yeah, Witcher, uh, Witcher yeah. three was a while ago. Yeah, so and again, and that's also pretty different too. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the facts. You can keep going. Okay. Well, basically, my last point I wanted to make about this is that we talked a lot about it, a lot about the success of this, how good it is for Guerrilla Games and for Sony, but um, the two years, ten million copies. The first month of Apex Legends saw 50 million downloads. Now, mind you, I know, free game, so that doesn't mean anything. 50 million downloads in the first month versus 10 million purchases in two years. And then you want to ask the the question of, out of the 50 million, how many of those downloads led to a purchase? You know, bought some coins, bought the Founders Pack, whatever it was. They bought something via microtransaction. And this is just an interesting comparison of an exclusive game that costs maybe more money than Apex Legends did, right? And took more time to develop versus Apex Legends, a game that came out of nowhere, dropped, and just exploded on the scene. Yes, it had advantage of Battle Royale being hot already, so it fell into a genre that's already hot. But... Now we can start to see, like you said, we're in a world right now of these shooters, these quick drop in, play a match, drop out. You don't, I don't want to put 100, hour, 100 plus hours into a video game, even though you do when you play a thousand matches of Apex Legends. But again, it's different when it's like, well, I got to put 100 hours to get through this story. I'd rather put it over here on Overwatch or Apex Legends or League of Legends or like all, all these games that are just repetitive, same thing over and over again, just keep dropping in, do the same thing, same match. And um, it, it, 
you know, it leads to that question that people are concerned about story-driven games and, and the health of them and, and how they can survive when everyone seems to be focused on this free-to-play download game that has microtransactions and no story, no anything around it. It's just a weird comparison to look at those numbers and be like, at first glance, you go, wow, that's so many, so many more people playing that game in 30 days. Yeah, and it comes down to the the cost of entry is $0. If you own the video game system, you have to pay no extra dollars to try Apex. If Apex was as much as a $20 game, I would have never downloaded and played it. If you told me you were really into it, it was 10 bucks, I might have given it a try just to play it with you, play it with Jazzy, play it with Spidey, you know, play it with our friends for 10 bucks. But because it's free, there's no cost of entry. Anyone that has an Xbox or a PlayStation or a gaming PC is able to at least try it and decide if it's fun. And from there, you know, a lot of people casually, I'll throw a few bucks here, throw a few bucks there. And it's cool to see that games can be successful on that platform without needing to milk money out of people, without the the necessity to to gouge or play to win and that sort of thing. So it's cool to see that you can have a healthy game that game that can still be fun for everyone that doesn't involve the microtransactions. And you know, that is a comparison to I never played Horizon Zero Dawn because at the time I knew Zelda was coming out and then after that I was like I don't have time for this big adventure I don't want to spend 60 40 30 or even at the time $12 for a big adventure I'm never going to put the time into it was never the time was never worth the money if Horizon Zero Dawn went PlayStation Plus free you better bet I'd give it a try so it's interesting that we're talking about the success of a game that was a paid game over the course of two years in comparison to a free game Free is always the right price to get someone to try it. The problem, though, is that then let's throw Anthem in this mix since we just got done talking about them. Now you have Anthem where people did pay $60 and got and got a very incomplete or broken um, experience so far. Just like Fallout 76, people bought into that game and it was super uh, a mess. And yet I can go over to Apex for free and I can play a game that feels like, I mean, let's be honest, the reason why it's doing so well, one reason why it's doing so well is it is polished. It works. I'm not saying it's perfect every match. I've had some I've had some lag, I've had some issues, but I mean like when I drop in and I run and I pick up a gun and sh- like it just feels good. You you the thing is you get exactly what you expect out of the game. Yeah. Where Anthem, you expect a lot for your $60 or in yeah. your case, you've already bought the season pass or the collector like you've you've invested in the game. Yeah. You didn't have to invest in Apex until you'd played 20 matches and went, "Let me buy some loot." Yep. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you, you got you got to take a test run on it. So that uh, you know, I know we're sort of segueing into the pros and cons of a you know, this uh, can a story driven game be v- a viable thing here in 2019? Where you know we have seen yes, 10,000 copies. How does that translate monetarily? Probably pretty good for for Gorilla. Oh yeah, they did. Don't get me wrong; they're not in trouble. It's just it's it's. Here's a game that was fantastic from day one. It was amazing. And then you have Anthem, this game that day one was a disaster. And it's like, in the middle, you just throw in Apex Legends as an example, and you go, wow, this game was free. This game was, a, this game was, and I've said it for weeks now, it was a joke to respawn. Yeah. They were just dicking around with content in their studio, and it happened. 
And it's like, to me, I'm like, how do you, how, as Bioware, do you spend all this time and have all these problems? And then you sit over here at Guerrilla Games and you go, man, they did great. And, and their numbers are fantastic. And, and they, they, they'll continue to grow, hopefully, at the same time. But you just, I just would expect them to be higher just because of how good that game was. How, how ready it was at launch. So th- this may be a moment of me going, the sky is falling and getting all flustered up about something that's probably me blowing it out of proportions. But if we look back to whatever it was, 1983, 1984, when the video game crash happened, it was because of a lack of quality control. It's because there was so much unplayable garbage getting put out there. And are we close to seeing the bubble of these high-budget games burst because we're seeing games like fallout 76 and anthem that are being shipped to consumers that the play quality doesn't meet the expectations it doesn't meet what the consumers would justify 60 dollars for and are we seeing the bubble burst on the 60 dollar game in some regards where we're seeing the rise of you know 20 dollar indie games that everyone's happy with because it's a 20 dollar indie game and we're seeing the rise of the the free-to-play model and i'm just wondering if over the next three, four years, we're going to see a great decline in what a $60 video game is going to be. I mean, I think at least when you're talking about loot shooters, okay, and and you're sitting here and you go, let's look at the, let's look at the track record. Destiny was a mess. Destiny 2 was a mess. Division 1 was a mess. Anthem is a mess. Like, you got to go back to Borderlands to find a game that launched and was just was and just worked and Borderlands wasn't that didn't have I mean it's old enough that we could sit back and say it wasn't on as grand of a scale as say Division Destiny and, and the ones we've mentioned you got Warframe out there that is a free to play model that does is a loot shooter and does have a lot of stuff but it even started as a very simplistic concept and grew there hasn't been a loot shooter to my knowledge, that launched day one and was more than average. That was that was you know a five six out of ten. You know if you gave it a seven or an eight, you're being generous. And then you put the twenty hours in, and you get to end game, and you would take that seven or eight and be like, "Yep, it's a four or five because of the game not being done." And like that's the story we keep getting. And then we get these companies, every single one of them. I don't care if it's Ubisoft. I don't care if it's Bungie, uh, Bioware, even Gearbox. They go and they try to patch it. They go and try to change it. We're going to fix it because we're listening to you. And they make it worse. Or they break something to the point where it's unplayable. And then they have to fix it again. And then they get to something like the Taken King where you get this the, the best the Destiny had ever been, in my opinion. And then... You're like, cool, we're going to work off of that, and you, and you go backwards. So it's tough to me to sit there and say, yes, I'm going to spend $60 on a game that every time I have done that, if I didn't spend more on a collector's edition, I've been disappointed. Why am I going to keep doing that? When I can go download other games or just play a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, this different style of game, and enjoy myself for the money that I'm going to invest. So an, another thing, you know, again, to bring where we're going with this conversation back to talking about the success of Horizon Zero Dawn is with a game with with a loot shooter, you know, because the, the thing we've been talking about a lot is the, the failures of Anthem and Destiny 2 and games like it. 
the bad reputation of those games hurts the overall longevity. No one's selling copies of Destiny 2 right now. No, like, you're you, getting you, them you were, for free. You were giving them away with Best Buy orders. Yeah. Where Horizon Zero Dawn sold roughly three, 3 million copies in its second year. Yeah. So the, it was continuing to be successful at a discount rate and players were still interested in it, you know, because it didn't gain the bad reputation. It didn't have a rough launch. Uh, we we did see a successful turnaround of uh, No Man's Sky, but still the numbers were nothing like they would have been had No Man's Sky been a good game from the start. Correct. Yeah, you're you're still not, you're not going to bring everybody back, but you might give you know I gave No Man's Sky a second shot, you know, just like I gave Destiny a second shot. Not everybody comes back though. Yeah. So so we just need to be more cautious with some of the games we buy. I think, um, you know, like I said, like after Destiny two kind of disappointed me. I hadn't bought into any of those. Game yeah. sense. I mean, I, yeah. I but I'm I'm cautious with my game purchases. Uh, I do want to go back to part of the conversation that we are having about the timing of Horizon Zero Dawn in comparison to Assassin's Creed, just because I feel like they draw a similar fan base. Yeah. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins f- dropped the following October, so October 2017. Oh, so, okay. So there was uh, you know, full plenty of time to enjoy Horizon Zero Dawn. I. I want to say, was Origins announced at the E3 after Horizon Zero Dawn, or was it the E3 before? I feel like I feel like we saw Origins at E3 and we had it the following fall. It was pretty quick because I thought it was the year was it a year after Syndicate? And yeah, Syndic- they took a year off, and Syndicate was kind of that rebrand, like or it was kind of that that comeback. Like people were like, "Hey, Syndicate was actually pretty good." Because, you know, the Assassin's Creed franchise had gone downhill. Yeah. And Syndicate kind of brought it back, and then Origins was that, was that like, full comeback for the franchise. But you're right. You're talking now that you had, what, six months, um, six-month head start yeah, for Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn. And, and, you know, timing is very important for the success of, especially launching, seven, a, yeah. launching a new IP or launching an underdog. Don't want to spin this conversation too far. Let's wrap it up, but that's what killed Titanfall 2. It launched right there with COD and another shooter, like, right in a row. And that's why Titanfall 2 never got the legs it should have got as a quality game. And it's just, again, I think part of the success of Horizon Zero Dawn was it was a unique game on the platform at a time that there weren't other games like it. And that helped helped it succeed. Also, to a point that you made earlier, Titanfall 2 also had problems. Why? Because of the disappointment of Titanfall One, that's true. Even though Titanfall Two was a was a, a huge improvement with a great short story that many people that played it really enjoyed, it didn't matter. It already had a bad name because of the rough launch of Titanfall One. So, all right. Anyways, thank you, patrons, for voting on that. That that turned into a great uh, conversation. Uh, we're going to move into our last topic today, and that is PlayStation making some some headlines. The PlayStation Vita has been discontinued. That's right, everybody. Effective March 1st, 2019, the PlayStation Vita is officially dead. We just need a moment. We just need a moment. Just a a second. For the Vita. Okay. All right. <sighs> Pull it together. Pull it back. <laughs> <sighs> uh, but no. Um. So yeah, the uh, PlayStation Vita, which uh, if you don't know what it is, it was PlayStation's last handheld and probably will be for the uh, foreseeable future. But uh, it didn't do what I think, or not. It didn't do what Sony wanted it to do. They they brought it out in 2011. Uh, as a item that was going to be for the masses, it was it was supposed to be this broad handheld that everybody wanted, and 
unfortunately, in 2011, you had the smartphone gaming boom that really took off. You had the 3DS that was a considerably cheaper and had way more video games. So the problem was they 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 bit off more they could chew and they threw out this very expensive handheld device that is a really really cool piece of technology. I mean, the Vita was actually a great and is actually still a great device. I own two of them, and I, I really enjoy them. But Sony, they just they marketed it wrong. They ex- their expectations were way off, and because of it, 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 it bombed pretty quick. They, they also did what Sony always does. They hype something up, and then they abandon it. Yeah, right, and that and that's true. And so Sean Layden, your your North America president of, of PlayStation, came out and said, you know, we he said that same thing. We um, we thought it was going to be this broad device that turned out to be more of a niche device, and then because of it, we didn't sell a lot of units, and because of that, developers didn't want to support it, and because of that, it becomes a very quick downward spiral. And it's like, yeah, but you own enough studios that you could develop for it and you could push it. You know, just like, let's be honest, what, they sh- what they're trying to do with PlayStation VR. They're trying to, pu- you know, some of this is forced. The PlayStation VR numbers are forced and the gaming, the games are forced because, you, because they are too invested in this technology to simply say, okay, it's a failure, at least right now. And so the, the Vita... Numbers aren't terrible, so let's go here. They stopped reporting numbers back in like 2013, like two years after the thing launched. But there's estimated numbers out there, so these are not official. But estimated number, the last one that was reported would have been September of 2018, and that was 16 million units sold. So 16 million million units sold is not terrible. I mean, (laughs) when you're looking at... Unfortunately, what a seven-year window. It's that's not great either. Um, but sixteen million units sold. Sony itself stopped making games for the Vita back in 2015. So for the last four, three, well, the last three years, really, because we're just getting into 2019. Last three years, you've been the 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 You can see the system being um, supported by indie scene, supported by third party but you were getting no, nothing from Sony for this device. And the device had, an, you know, the original one had an OLED screen. It was beautiful. It had uh, a touch-sensitive back, touch screen on the front. Um, you know, there was a lot of cool technology with the cameras built into it to try to do, a, you know, uh, augmented reality. And they really tried to make a very impressive device that, for the most part, was really cool. It just didn't have game support. You weren't getting these unique games that you found on your PS3 or that you found now on your PlayStation 4. Because remember, when the PS4 was launched, they tried to kind of revitalize the Vita by saying, oh, you can do remote play and all this stuff. And they really tried to make it this like companion to the PS4. I have a really interesting number involving sales figures you said estimated 16 million units worldwide for the vita correct (laughs) let's talk about the playstation portable oh yeah their previous one correct do you do you feel like taking a stab at how many playstation portables were sold worldwide worldwide total number what what lifespan did the psp have oh if we're talking all the iterations because they had multiple models of it um 
And that's what I'm guessing, right? The the overall of the Two, PSP. It, it launched in Japan in 2004, and it was discontinued in 2014. So it technically had a 10-year lifespan, which is insane when you think about it. They just put out so many different models uh, right. throughout the world. But, we're, but we're, did we just say it's a seven-year span for... Yeah. So, yeah. so again, three, a three-year difference. Yeah. Take, take a stab. How many PSPs do you think were sold worldwide? Uh, let's go with um, 70 million. Very nice. 76.3 million. Ooh. I'm really surprised. I wouldn't have guessed the number was even that high. But in, that really shows how poor yes, the Vita the, sold. Yeah, that does. Because in my mind, the PSP didn't even sell that great. But clearly it did. Like yeah. you know, we, we used to work at Worst Purchase. I sold a ton of PSPs. Sure. But that's because I, I was bought there. a ton of PSPs. Yeah, I was there. From you. <laughs> I was there selling them to people. <laughs> but I would have never guessed that it would be near that in, in sales. So th- that is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, 17 million units just in the U.S. alone. Okay. So, you know, yeah. the BSP, the I mean, the Vita sold really bad. Yeah. The, that when you when you uh, put the, the PSP numbers out there, that is that is horrible. So, um, February, also just some fun, fa- like not fun facts, but some facts for you. If you're a Vita owner, February was your last month for P, uh, PlayStation Plus support. Yeah, every, I noticed. Yeah, every month they gave you a, a as a free game. You you also got a Vita game. That's over. You won't be getting any more of those. So if you downloaded them all, that's your library. You're getting from Sony for free. They're done. Um, I kind of feel weird about that. Like, why stop that? Like, if you have games that you can add there and you have a library that's not selling, like, why not? Like, it could only help you in the sense of maybe potentially adding a couple sales here and there. Every once in a while, because you're reminding people this thing is out there. What what I would have to imagine is it comes down to I I I don't know what the agreement between Sony and the publishers and developers well, sure. are to put these games out. So that it it's them continuing to sink money into something, and maybe the download numbers are horrendous. Maybe maybe no one's downloading those games because. Do you? You own two Vitas. Are you out there downloading and playing those I, games? I will say that when I went to Pack South, I charged up my Vita, took it with me, and I went on the store to try to find something to play, and I didn't buy anything. I just ended up playing something that was already on the Vita. Yeah. So I uh, and and honestly, I put most of my time into my Switch now, right? Like the Switch, any hope that the Vita had of just of of just slowly dying got murdered when the switch came out so i I think about buying of like i'm i'm on like facebook marketplace every three weeks or so seeing if i could pick up like a 60 dollar vita yeah uh which you can't they're all like a hundred dollars or more it's it's reasonable for the device now they're just continued values going up i know i'm screwed on that here we come virtual boy but i just i just want to play borderlands handheld no you don't yes i do (laughs) i would i would do it (laughs) It runs so bad. Yeah. Oh, and Mortal Kombat Nine. Okay, that probably runs a little bit better, maybe. And Borderlands Two. Yeah, you do you, man. You play some <laughs> bad games, so you know what? It probably still feel like a gym to you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my last point on this, because you know we don't have to spend a ton of time. We have plenty of people that own Vitas in our community, and you know, and have fun with them and enjoy them for what they are. Um. I think as time goes on, you're gonna kind of see this in that Dreamcast 
uh, way where I think it's going to kind of grab a second life. People are already figuring out how to hack them and, and turn them into these um, ROM players like they did with the PSP. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a it's an impressive little device for a handheld device that if you can if you can then go ahead and put any video game you want on it, well, maybe not so bad uh, with a beautiful screen on the front of it. So win-win. Uh, but my last point I want to make was with everything that we just said here, 16 million units sold all time estimated versus 76 million PSPs. Do you know if that 16 million includes the PlayStation TV? I don't know. I do not know that if that's separate or not. Mm. Yeah, the garbage <laughs> PlayStation TV. Oh god, I hate it. Anyways, my question to you, Deadite, is would you, first of all, do you think they will but realistically, would you like to see Sony take another chance with handheld gaming in the future? If Near future, let's say. Would I like to see it? I can't say yes to that. I can't sit here and say, yeah, I'd love to see it because would I buy it? Probably not, especially with the way the Switch is going. Like, I'm a Nintendo guy. I've always loved Nintendo handhelds. Is the odds that Sony's going to come out with some device that I like more than the Switch? Like, is the odds of them doing that anytime soon? No, I don't think I don't think I would buy into it. So I don't see, you know, I'm not I wouldn't be excited for it. What I could see them potentially doing is looking at the Switch, looking at the way cloud-based gaming is going and going, "Okay, if the next generation if a lot of it is cloud-based gaming, let's try and do that and see if we can capitalize on some sort of cloud gaming tablet sort of thing. I, I could see them doing it, but I don't think they will. Yeah, I the only way that I would want to see this is a companion device in the sense of I don't want like there, there's no r room anymore for the how the the Vita killed it. If you really think about it, the Vita and 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 then the 3DS is still here, so I guess it didn't kill it, but. You can't have this separate device that plays different games. What you need is a device that can play those games on the go. So, like, I want to play Anthem, but I'm on a ship and, you know, sailing on vacation. If I can have Wi-Fi access, I want to play Anthem. You know, and so that's why I like the, the Switch isn't two devices. It's one device, but it is your home device, and it is, and I can play Rocket League on the go. I can play Rocket League at home. You know, Breath, Breath of the Wild, same thing. And so PlayStation needs something like that, where uh, Xbox is taking a different angle. They're saying, we're going to team up with Nintendo, potentially, and you're going to be able to play games like Ori and the Blind Forest, and who knows, maybe Gears of War and Halo on a Nintendo Switch. That's genius, because they don't have to develop a product now. I want to see Sony do something like that. It's too late for them to say necessarily team up with, with Nintendo. So they don't have that partner that they can necessarily do, but they are the king. They have sold the most units. They are sitting on, you know, the PS five. What device can you also include considering you have a laptop, um, um, environment, you have tablets, you have cell phones cause you're Sony. Like, it would have been just as easy for Microsoft and say, we took our Surface technology and we made a handheld device for our Xbox. They went a different route. But Sony could do the same thing. And I would like to, I would like to see that just from the standpoint that my Vita gets so much attention simply because I cannot play an Xbox or a PlayStation when I'm not home unless I take it with me and lug it around. So you give me options to play the other guys in handheld form, 
it, it might take a little, me a little bit away from Nintendo because there are some things like Horizon Zero Dawn that I would like to play and I can't. Or like Gears of War and I can't. So, All right. That's been the news. That's our attack on the news for these topics and much more. Please visit GameZillaMedia.com and continue the conversation in our Discord. Right on our homepage of the website, you scroll down, you'll see a Discord button. You click on it, you, it's free. You join, you talk with gamers from around the world every day for free. Talk with us, jump in that uh, Gaming General channel, and uh, you know we can talk further on some of these topics. Or just find the GameZill podcast channel and uh, you know tell us why you agree with us or why you disagree. Let's have a conversation and, and talk more about this. But that's what I got right now. It's time to get into a Zilla update. Time for the Zilla update. Yeah. Grim, now that we got through all the exciting news, what's happening in your life? Well, um, you already heard about the, the horrible Anthem experience I had, but I did have a lot of fun this weekend because I couldn't play Anthem. So I went ahead and, you know, I was frustrated uh, play, hanging out and chat with people like Ecto, and uh, you know he he looked he's like hey, why don't we play some Gears of War three? And at that point I was like, okay, <laughs> what you played Gears of War three this Gears weekend War with, three. with our boy Ecto? So he's like, well, we want to see if uh, the glitch is available because we had we had started Gears of War three like a year ago, and we had been running it with the glitch and um, the and beef hammer. And so we ended up getting both, we, we like messaged them and they were both like, oh, absolutely, jumped on within minutes, had our full squad, jumped into Gears and we played for a couple hours, Gears of War 3. And it was just fun. Like I'm, and it was hilarious because uh, we have one guy that's playing it on the Xbox 360. The other three of us are playing it on Xbox One. Wait, you can cross play Gears 3? That's cool. Yeah. And so the problem though is that if you have if you don't have everybody on Xbox One, you can't use the Xbox One party chat. Yeah. You have to jump into the emulator of the Xbox 360 and use the Xbox 360 chat. And it's funny, it's been so long, I forgot how god-awful that voice chat sounds. <laughs> like, voice communication within video games has gotten so much better from one generation to the next. It is, it, but, you know, it worked. We, we, we used it for what it was. And so um, we had a lot of fun playing Gears of War, and we got, uh, we're almost to the end. We're almost done with three, and then a bunch of us are going to jump over to four and play through four because Bob has never played these games. So yeah. it's kind of us pulling Bob through and him getting the experience of Gears of War. Um, getting ready for five. Getting ready for five. five this year? This year, yeah. No. Yeah, very exciting. Um, but then we, uh, we stopped there because some people had to go, and I jumped on over to uh, Apex Legends with Jazzy Fiddle. And so... When I'm sitting there, I go, oh, Beef Hammer's on, and he's playing Apex. I didn't know he was an Apex player, so I invite him into the group because we, we had one spot left. And he joins in, and he's a level one. And I'm like, oh, did you just start? And he's like, yeah, I just started. So then we jump into the game, and he's like, okay, so w what am I doing? And I'm like, wait, Beef Hammer, is this literally your first game? He's like... Yeah, you got me right after the tutorial. Like, I haven't ever dropped yeah, into a game. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, okay. And he's like, I'm real sorry. You want me to leave? I'm like, no, 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 no. I just wanted to, you know, like, uh, we'll sit here and teach you the game. We just don't want to sit there and, like, 
not tell you something and you're lost or tell you something you already know type deal. But anyways, we had a, we, we played a good 10, 15 rounds, had a really good time, almost got him a win. We got second place. And uh, it was nice again to kind of play uh, games with the community and also play with games with somebody that uh, I haven't really been able to play games with before. So that was cool. That's nice. And that's one of the cool things about a free to play game. Yeah, if you have a system, if you have the same system people are playing on, you download it and play it for free. That wasn't ever enough to get me in on Fortnite with you guys, but it is one of the nice things about the accessibility of the free-to-play game. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to my gaming... Yeah, what about you, Deadite? Well, as you know, I have a reputation in our community (laughs) of being the most hardcore gamer. Oh, that's the reputation you're talking uh, about. Yeah. I thought it was a different reputation, but uh, okay, go I, on. Go I on. don't. I don't play games that casual players would play. My bad. My I, bad. I I go into stores and I specifically smash their copies of Wii Sports because I was like, that looks casual and fun. <laughs> I don't want that. Give me the hardcore games. Hardcore, like. I played Just Dance 2019 with my <laughs> wife on Saturday night. Baller. No, it, it came down to, you know, uh, let's call it like three or four months ago. I was over at Chops' house and Chops' fiance was like, you guys want to play Just Dance? And we're all like, yeah, like that sounds fun. And, you know, Chops and I aren't in good shape. So wait, what? <laughs> we're not su- we're not super fit guys. So us I disagree. Us dancing around the uh the the basement trying to keep up with our ladies, we were exhausted. So it came it, it came around to Valentine's Day and I saw that it was on sale and and Elle really likes just dance. She had a lot of fun. She mentioned she's like, Oh, it'd be cool if we get that. So for Valentine's, we went over, picked it up on sale. She had a little gift card we got for 15 bucks. Because Her sister's getting married at the end of the month. I need to drop some pounds to look good in my suit. So this is the closest I can get to physical activity in the month of March in Michigan. It's cold out. You do know that you work at a place that has like a full-fledged gym, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to go and work out on gym equipment (laughs) that the masses use. I'm not staying at work a minute later than I need to. No, you just do it on your lunch. I'm going to go home and get that Lady Gaga going (laughs) and just dance, bitch. Show me some moves. Well, we we actually, we we named some of the moves while we're doing them. Yeah. And I'm going to show you the move we named and, and if you want to describe this to I'll the, try I'll, I will okay. attempt to describe so, it so the hands go out the hands go out then there's a grab ooh yes there's a then forceful you bring grab. it in yeah you're tugging it and you shift sides and you do oh, it again yeah, and you're like flinging the, the other way and when Al and I do this we we add words to the moving yeah, yeah it goes yes bitch yes bitch <laughs> yes bitch yes bitch yeah, I can see it I yeah. can see it yeah. it's a yes bitch yeah, move yeah. Uh, so Got my heart rate up, got my my tubby self up and moving, and uh, and I was like, man, this counts as exercise. It's playing a game, and it was quality time spent with my wife. Yeah, uh, you know, just playing a casual game, hardcore. Just dance, yes, bitch. <laughs> okay, well, that's uh, that's that's great. Um, I mean, obviously, we've had fun with with. A lot of those rhythm type games, uh, Dance Central, back when we were trying the to connect when the connect was hot. Ugh. I don't know if we'd ever call it hot, dude. It was hot. about as hot as the PlayStation Vita. Ooh, it existed. Yeah, that's right. I mean, to be fair, they both had two versions. I guess yeah. the Connect actually was more successful. It actually had a second generation. 
Yeah. But Vita did not. <laughs> All right. Well, they had two models, right? And the, well, had two the models. model where they dropped the OLED. Yeah, because they were like, well, God, we got to do something about it. <laughs> the the second Kinect was the Xbox One. The first Kinect was the 360. It was actually a new generation that was supposed to be better and all this stuff yeah. and it failed miserably. But it, but, it, but it wasn't at all. Yeah. Now you buy an Xbox One S or an Xbox One X and you can't even hook a Kinect up to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but anyways... I was really hoping your gaming moment of the week was going to be the rare time that I graced yourself and Jazzy Fiddle with playing video games with you online. I mean, like I said, I got to play with a lot of people. That was Friday night that we played. We played Friday, Friday after we afternoon. got out of work. Yeah. Our, our boy Jazzy, you know, yeah. hopped on, had the room going for us. Yeah. And, you know, I understand that you wouldn't want people to no, understand. you got how- outshined. That's all I'm saying. Well, no, I, no I, wouldn't want you, <laughs> I wouldn't want you to expose how great I am at video games to our audience uh, when <laughs> you and Jazzy were both down and I straight up murdered that guy and saved both of you. That was the one match. I'll give you that. You 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 had a spasm or a stroke and you somehow it all happened during that moment and then you got us up. It was a sneeze. It okay. wasn't right. a spasm. What, whatever it was. I sneezed on the trigger and I somehow got a headshot and there we were saving the saving the day. Yeah. No, but saving you, the day. you did um you know, you're picking up the game and, and understanding it more and, and started having some success and that's good. Like I learned that when you go down I shouldn't just be like, oh, let me go pick you up that because someone same. comes around the corner yeah. and kills me. That's just, Honestly, that's something in Apex Legends that um, I feel people learn er, quick. Like, yeah, you, you learn it pretty quick because how bad the fail rate on it is so high. Is that the second you do that, um, you're, you're pretty much dooming. If you're, the only, if you're the last one standing, the game is over. Because I'm used to playing Destiny where it's like, oh, someone goes down, let me just pick them up because these puny ads can't hurt me, you right. know? Yeah, so. exactly. So interesting. Uh, it, that, that was a lot of fun, and we've played a ton of Apex, um, you know, this past weekend. But, uh, yeah, it was fun playing with Deadite. It was uh, a you lot know, of fun I'll, with Beef Hammer. I'll come in and save you whenever you need Acto uh, had a lot of good rounds. So uh, a lot of people getting into this game that are learning it and starting to enjoy it. So that's good. All right, what you got? You got you got something for me? Do I have? There the it FBI is. Has just sent a letter to Bezos informing them that they have discovered new emails. Downloading emails from GameZillaMedia.com. All right, that's right. You write them. We read them. It is the email portion of the GameZilla podcast. And let me tell you, if you want your email read here on this show, you just send a, send it off to info at GameZillaMedia.com. And uh, if it fits into subject we're talking about and, uh, you know, if it sparks our interest, we'll give it a read here on the show. And if your email doesn't get read this week, don't worry. You always have the shot at having it read next week. So write some good emails. Get them in. This week's email is going to be from our friend Sean Flack. Flack 2.0. Yeah, baby. All right. He, it's a multi-part question, so we're, we're going to nope, get... I'm out. You know, he, Grim's out, which means uh, you're going to get my poor answer. Uh, so, so Sean has this to say. Uh, you know, He said, I like you guys being on Facebook. I'm not missing any of the stream notifications. Um, and he said that it's easier, but why do Good. we switch to streaming on Facebook? Oh, why? Honestly, Over our, our time on Twitch, we spent, a, a, what, a year and a half, two years on Twitch? I think under two years. Yeah, probably a year and a half, I'd yeah. say. 
Uh, I, I think you kind of nailed it on the head is that Facebook is a place where a lot of people already go to to get uh, information or to see what their friends are doing or just to, you know, waste a little bit of time. And Twitch is not that in the same way. So if we're live on Facebook and you are just scrolling through your feed, you're going to come across us and be like, oh, the guys are live. Let's see what they're up to. If we're on Twitch and you're sitting there on Facebook like you always do every day, you're not going to find us unless we share a link and then you decide, oh, I'm going to leave Facebook to go over there and watch them. It just doesn't happen for a lot of people. So since we switched to Facebook, we've seen so many people that, you know, some of them, no offense, they don't probably even know what Twitch is. And yet they've still come and hung out. Just like about my TV. Aunt Linda. Aunt Linda in the house. She made the podcast. I'm going to have to let her know. But, you know, like th- it's things like that that kind of push us to Facebook. We met with Facebook Gaming at uh, PAX, had some really good conversation with them, and it really kind of gave us some confidence in their new platform, Facebook Gaming. Uh, and so that also was kind of a push to give it, give that platform a try. It's been really good for us. And so I... Um, I really appreciate it. I really like it. And I'm looking forward to continuing to grow this platform for GameZilla, for Grim the Dino, and and, you, and everybody else that's getting into it, like Spidey2KX, Owl Zero, Player One Miggy, all these people that are, uh, that are jumping on this platform. Yeah, and honestly, we really just want as many people as possible to learn about GameZilla and enjoy listening to what we're doing or watching us here on Facebook. And, you know, we're just trying trying to pick an avenue that's going to get us in front of the most eyeballs. Yeah. That's, that's really what it's about for us. Yeah, and then me personally, I, I didn't get to talk a lot about it last week, but it did get brought up lightly. Um, I've already managed to hit their Level Up program, which is their partnership program. So now I also have the abilities for you guys to uh, donate stars and do different things where it uh, can generate some revenue, where I can uh, continue the stream, upgrade some equipment, and, and do it more often um, thanks, to, thanks to those tools that they're giving me. And yeah, it's just, it's been fun. I like it. I, I've had a lot more interaction. I'd say that's the big thing I see too. A lot more interaction when you, like right now I'm sitting here looking at the stream and seeing all the comments that are going through, like the glitch saying, hey man, I just sent you an email. I don't know if we're getting to it today, but I'm letting Deadite know right now. But you know, it's, we'll hold on to that one for next week. We're gonna get okay. through Sean's multi-parter from okay. last week. But yeah, so that is the, um, that's the cool thing about Facebook is I see a ton of interaction. Awesome. All right. And, uh, you know, again, we're going through a multi-part one here for Sean. We don't always do multi-point questions, but I like some of the things that Sean's asking. Uh, And this is asking as a parent, so something that Grim nor I are. We are not parents. I'm a parent. You're you're a corgi parent. I'm a corgi parent, and and I'm proud. And and Thor is good at video games. Loki pissed on the floor today. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's it's sort of, it's different parenting when it comes to the realm of video games. (laughs) Uh, So Sean had to ask uh, if he wanted his team to play a Battle Royale game, which one would you suggest? Uh, Do any of the games have better communities for teens or others? It's... So, I mean, gameplay-wise, I would probably pick, like, a Apex Legends or a Fortnite because, I mean, you're staying away from the ultra-violence of, like, blood and, and I mean, Call of Duty, you literally explode and your legs and blood and stuff fly everywhere. So, it, depending on if you want to stay away from that, I'd stay away from that. Community is, it's a problem everywhere, okay? You're going to have toxicity everywhere that you play video games. It's an, an unfortunate thing, but... And, you know, if if a team if your team wants to get into it, I, I, my big recommendation is run a squad, find friends, or find a team that like you know maybe make new friends because you're playing this game. Um, 
through school or whatever. I know that a lot of schools have clubs or they even have actual like competitive teams now in this. So finding that will help you so much in the sense of a professional level of gaming that you don't have to worry about all this harassment and just and and bullshit that that you have to deal with when you run with randos. A great example would be our good friend Player One Miggy streaming Apex Legends the other day with randos, letting them into into his chat and or staying in the game chat and just getting ridiculed by these people because he's new to the game instead of actually trying to help him get better. And that's that's the thing that I just hate seeing is when people are like they just rip into you without even trying to get to know you and 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 they just basically push certain people where they quit the game and never play it again. No doubt. And then our third and final question from Sean's three-part email is, Growing up gaming, what can you say you learned from being a gamer that helped you as an adult? Maybe share some lessons you should take from being a gamer, positive gaming etiquette, or such, Sean. Oh, man. I, I know. I, I, I got one. I have a good one, that, but if you want, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah I'll go, go first. Go first. Uh, so something I learned from playing video games as a, a child is... No matter how good I feel, I am at a video game. There's going to be someone that's better at that video game. <laughs> yeah. And all, exception being WWF and WCW games in the N64. I'm the GOAT. Yeah, there's no one better than you. Any Anything else, I was like, man, I'm, I'm pretty good at Mario Kart. And then my friend that doesn't even own an N64 would come over and smoke me. I'm like, dude, I'm an idiot. I suck. So, it, it, you know, it's one of those things that that, that that is a life lesson you can learn. Some, you know... There's just there's always going to be someone that naturally has the has the chance of being better than you, and I think that's sort of a humbling thing, but it's also a motivating thing, knowing that you have to work at things to get better. That was something that uh, I think video games helped me learn. That's really interesting. I, I thought you were going to steal mine, but I think it, they play together very well. My answer was going to be, "I'm Grim. I'm the best at everything." Yeah. <laughs> No, I was always the kid in the neighborhood who beat down the other kids. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. No, I think the thing I one thing I've learned about or I learned from video games that helped me in life is um, is that you learn because because you, I played so much video games and I played like sports growing up as a kid, and I learned it from sports too. Is that you're going you will lose, you are going to lose, you will fail, and but the idea of a video game is that when you fail, you try again. And you try again until you beat a level or, or, or whatever. You progress something. And then you feel that accomplishment. And it teaches you that don't just give up. And, and, that, and that just because you didn't get it, get, get it the first time doesn't mean you won't get it. And, and just because you're bad at something at the start doesn't mean you won't be good at it at the end. You know, it's the same thing that you could say about playing the drums, right? Mm -hmm. Like y you learned things and, and you got better. And that's, I mean, that's something I definitely took from video games uh, growing up. From you know simple things like playing Madden to RPGs and getting frustrated with a boss, it, it, it doesn't matter what game it is. There's there is challenge, and I think through challenge you learn, you learn these those tr those things, and so that's probably one of the most important things uh, that I pulled from gaming. Yeah, and you know when it comes to like gaming etiquette, you know it kind of comes into like the thing that I said is like there's always gonna be someone better, so don't get cocky because then you'll end up like Craig WK thinking you can. <laughs> Beat someone who's played Smash Brothers for 20 years blindfolded. Oh, I mean, I'm not great at Smash Brothers, <laughs> but he still thought he could beat me blindfolded. So don't let your hubris get in the way of reality. So. 
Craig WK. Still, still though, he is the 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 king of uh, dungeon masters. I, I got to agree. There's nothing cooler than being peed on. That's true, Craig. There's, there's also that. Craig, I know you. You really, you really do appreciate that. I, 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 that's what I appreciate about you, Craig. <laughs> oh man, that's good. That was a good multi-part multi, uh, part question. Yeah, thanks for sending that one yeah. in, Sean. Let's remind everybody: you can send questions in anytime you want. Info at gameslowmedia.com. We got a question right now. Send it in. Maybe we we'll use it next week. Mayhaps. Yeah. Unless your name's Bernie, then I probably will just burn it. Did Bernie send an email? No, but he's uh, he's in, he's in the Facebook chat. Oh man, I don't want I don't want any of that. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, that uh, that wraps that uh, up. Correct? You got anything else? No, that's what I have for this week's Zilla update. I got to work on having a drop for that. Yeah, but, get that drop going. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's a missed opportunity there. Oh wait, wait, I got one. I got one right here. There it is. That's that's about <laughs> what this show is. No, I'm just kidding. Ah, uh, okay. Well, um. If current gaming isn't your thing and you'd like old school video games, then you should listen to the Legend of Retro podcast every Thursday where Craig, Chops, Xander, and The Glitch take you on a journey in gaming history. You want to go through a mystical quest, a noble adventure, Noobs and Dragons, our Dungeons and Dragons podcast. You got to listen to it. Go back, start at episode one. Uh, it's a great adventure. It's episodic. And, uh, you know, every single episode you're getting a, an advancement of the story. You're going to have a laugh. You're going to learn a lot about Dungeons and Dragons. And you're going to lot learn even more about people being bad at Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, like me. Uh, you got Last Action Podcast, so once you're done with all the gaming content and you want more, Last Action Podcast, for all your action movies, jump in. They cover everything from like current stuff all the way back to, like I, I mean, old stuff that I, that I still love, but I remember watching it as a kid. So um, great, great time. Last Action Podcast, your last stop for action game, or action movies, not games, sorry. He doesn't, you don't even know where we are. Are you on cocaine right now? No. Cool. <laughs> if you have 20 minutes in your week and you want a, a, a nice highlight reel of what makes a movie great or what maybe makes a movie bad, listen to the Movie Blast podcast with Bob and Bax. Uh, they, they, they take a movie. They break it down in about 20 minutes. They give you some facts about the movies. They give you a synopsis about it, some reviews. So you learn you learn some facts about a movie that maybe you've never heard of or maybe it's one of your favorite classics, You're but you're definitely going to learn things about the movie. It's the Movie Blast podcast. Lastly, Noiseland Arcade. If you're sick of movies and you need some TV love, why not listen to a podcast about the greatest TV show of all time, The Simpsons? Noiseland Arcade, covering every single episode in chronological order, of The Simpsons. Don't miss it. It's our newest show. Craig WK, once again, getting involved because he's a big fan of The Simpsons. So, yeah. And of course, we talked about it earlier multiple times, but it is the most important thing we talk about here on the GameZilla podcast. Cocaine. And. Oh. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. That's how we get the cocaine. That's how we pay for the cocaine. Your money. No, no. We will never use your money to buy drugs just to just to keep our hosting going. Yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> just to keep the lights on here in the studio. Yep. Uh, but Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Go there. Start your patronage today. Uh, every single dollar helps us keep this uh, show and all the great shows we just listed from GameZillaMedia.com available for free for you on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, all of your favorite places you listen to this show yeah so what do we do when we're not here on the podcast uh cocaine 
I think is the answer. I think that's where we got in the point. Or meth. Yeah, but when we're I don't out, like I don't like my teeth. Yeah, but when we're out of money, we uh, we have YouTube content. Craig WK doing long plays. We got this type this uh, highlights of shows like the Gamesville podcast right on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Gamesville Media, hit that subscribe button. Want me to keep going? Streamers. We got them. Okay, we got streamers. Grim the Dino, myself. That's you. Got to lead with the best. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Uh, and we have people like Player One Miggy. We have people like Owl Zero. Matrick on stage. Matrick on stage. Spidey2KX. Cool dudes. It keeps on going, but you can find out what all the streamers are doing in the Discord, gameslomedia.com. Click that Discord button. You'll get everything. We got uh, blogs on our website, yeah. gameslomedia.com. Go read them. When we're not talking, we're writing about gaming. I think our latest one was uh, from Sphinx, and he's talking about Uncharted 4, or playing the Uncharted series uh, for the first time and how excited uh, he was to play it and, and enjoyed it a ton. So there you go. And then, of course, like we already said, the Discord, guys. That is our big community. That's where we hang out every day. So join the Discord. You can talk about everything in that community. So gameslomedia.com, right there on the homepage. We got it. All right. Uh, I don't have anything else unless you do. I, I, I do think we should make a, a quick announcement. Yes. You know, Gamezilla Media, you know, here at the Gamezilla Podcast, we're continuing to evolve and change. And I know we have some more cool stuff that Grim and I are hoping to to bring to the fans of the show here on Facebook, uh, as well as the all the podcast platforms you listen to our show. And, uh, you know, in these in these changes over the next coming weeks, um, I think it's important to thank the people that have been with us and helped us as a show. And moving forward, it's just going to be Grim and I on a weekly basis. We may have special guests from time to time. Uh, so we want to thank Testonomics for his about year that he spent yep. uh, doing video production here on the show and being a contributor to this show. So we just want to thank him for his time. And just going forward, you're just going to have a whole lot of me and Grim. So thanks, yeah. Test. Yeah, no, thanks a lot. I mean, he put like you said, he put a lot of work, more than just the video. I mean, he was he was doing all of the document work. He was he'd be keeping up on on the chat when we went live. Um, so I mean, we we appreciate all the hard work he put into it. We've had people come and go, and um, you know, we've always wanted to make sure that we respect the time they put into it, and, and you know, and wish them the best on whatever project or whatever they want to work on moving forward. So, but uh, yeah. That, that brings that uh, to an end. The only other thing I want to remind everybody, and you can find all the info out right on the homepage of GameZillMedia.com, is that we do have the Morelli Gaming Tournament coming up uh, March 16th. And that is, um, you can sign up from GameZillMedia.com. It is for charity. So please, even if you can't make the event, Go read about it right on our homepage and and see what the uh, this is all focusing around the glitch. It's something he does every year, and if you can support it, please do. It helps a lot. Um, and to, you know, Tony the glitch is a great guy. I mean, he does such an amazing uh, such amazing things for this community. So if we can if we can help him out, it's a big it's a big uh, big return, big thank you. So, all right. We uh, This has been episode 249 of the Games Little Podcast. You will be able to find us live on Facebook every Monday night now on Grim the Dino, so make sure you find that page and hit the follow button. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news, and until next time, game, game on. on.